Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I'm blessed and honored to be able to serve in the capacity and ministry here with you. I love this church. Love you folks. Amen. Through the book of Ephesians we go, chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9. Ephesians 1, 8 and 9. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Then jumping a few chapters over to chapter 5, and we read in verse 17 of Ephesians 5 and 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the will of God revealed. The will of God revealed. Heavenly Father, we love you today. and We thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your presence. Lord, I pray for your help tonight. God, touch us, Lord Jesus. Father, as it is spoken and as it is received God, may we dialogue together with your word in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I love a good mystery. How about you? I love a good mystery. I love uh, looking at, at mysterious things and, and stories that are mysterious and uncovering, the, you know, Decoding America and, and all the mysteries hidden behind uh, uh, this and that. And, and there's a lot of mystery to the will of the Lord. People say, I want to know what the will of the Lord is. I want to be in the will of the Lord. Or if I knew what the will of the Lord is, I'd do it. Well, I want to tell you that the Word of God tells us that the mystery has been revealed. The mystery has been revealed. The Word of God. The question of questions that comes before us must be the same question that the apostle said. He was Saul at the time. But what Saul said when, when he was struck down by a bright light on the road to Damascus, he said, Who art thou, Lord? Question number one. Who are you, Lord? And question number two. What will you have me do? That is the root of all of, of our our design and passion and our destiny. And that is, I want to know who he is, and I don't know, what am I supposed to do? I want to know him and know what I'm supposed to do. We're living in a world today that is really stuck on self, self-centeredness, uh, all about self-promotion. Dr. Larry Crabb, a noted Christian counselor, wrote this. 
Feeling better has become more important than finding God. Feeling better has become more important than finding God. Helping people to feel loved and worthwhile has become the central mission of the church. We are learning not to worship God in self-denial and costly service, but to embrace our inner child, heal our memories and overcome our addictions and lift our depressions and improve our self-image and establish self-preserving boundaries and substitute self-love for self-hatred and replace shame with an affirming acceptance of who we are. Now, that's a, that's, that's a, a very cutting analysis of our present-day world, isn't it? People today tend to want to have a grand destiny. A grand destiny. Nothing wrong with that, but... They want it without difficulty. They want it without challenge. Want it without hardship. Amen. I, 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 I believe today that God put us here at this point. You live in this time because God put you here. Amen. Man, I'd like to live back when or I'd like to live here or like that. No, God put, you, put us here for now. We are here for now. Amen. And so... Whatever we do, we are doing it now in this time, and God set us up to succeed in doing His will. The will of God can be a mystery, but I believe that we can know the will of God with just a little bit of investigation. Humanity, like water, wants to follow the path of least resistance, so we want to be able to go through our life with no potholes, with no uh, uh, delays, no construction, no detours, uh, no, no, no uh, uh, traffic jams. Uh, 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 we want it to be easily. We want God's will, but, but we want it to be easy. We want it to be sensible. We want it to be something that we understand. But the thing of it is, is that the will of God is something that is vital. It's important that you know the will of God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. So if it, it, it's not about my performance. It's about doing the will of God. It's not about how, how good I am at something. It's about doing the, the will of God. And if I'll do the will of God, amen, that I would have uh, that relationship with Him that is so important. Too often we, we look at the will of God in the mystery like, like the old game we used to play as kids. You know that game, warmer, colder. Anybody remember that game? You know, we, we would pick out an item and, 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 and we would tell... Our friends then had got to go discover what that item is, and we'd say, when they'd get closer, we'd say, warmer, 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 hot, you're hot. And they're looking around like, you know, but that's kind of the way we, we go after the will of God is like we feel like, well, I feel like I'm getting closer, closer, don't know. And then all of a sudden we hear, cold, 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 you're iceberg, you're, you're, you're cold. That's not the way the will of the Lord is. He wants us to know the will of the Lord. The will of God is like the glory of the Lord in that it is bigger and more brilliant than any one of us could ever comprehend. The greatest theological mind has to humble themselves to know the will of God. 
The, the mightiest and the wisest have to humble themselves to know the will of God. Warren Wearsby in his commentary called Be Decisive said this, To be sure, there's mystery involved in the relationship between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. But we don't have to explain the will of God before we can obey it. Somebody say that's true. We live by divine promise and precepts, he said, not theological explanations. And God isn't obligated to explain anything to us. If he did, we probably wouldn't be able to grasp it anyway. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us, to his children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. And he quotes Deuteronomy 29, 29. Jesus promised that if we will obey him and obey what we know, amen, God will reveal his truth to us. The will of God, as Romans says, is the good, perfect, it's the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. As I walk in obedience to the will that I know, God will open up more if I'll be ready for it. He'll open up more understanding of the will of the Lord. Amen. God wants his will to be known to us. He is not some kind of vengeful, twisted tyrant that, you know, goes like, Ooh, here's my will. Oh, no, it isn't. Here's my will. Oh, no, it isn't. And he doesn't play games with us. He wants us to know the mystery of his will. Author James C. Howe stated this, If we grapple honestly and faithfully with the will of God, we will not emerge with simplistic black and white tidbits of truth. In our culture of sound bites, instant messaging, and uh, we will feel disappointed when, when the easy answer we thought would suffice uh, flutters to the ground like dead leaves. Amen. I don't want to oversimplify the will of God, but neither do I want to overcomplicate the will of God. I want to know what His will is. The will of God. This is this. I know this is simplistic, but the will of God is found in the Word of God. The will of God is found in the Word of God. And if I will study the Word of God, I will see the will of God begin to unfold before my eyes. Amen. We cannot expect God to give us detailed, specific directions if we are not willing to go study His Word and listen to His Word and obey His Word. And God is not going to trust me with, with, with something greater in a, in a grand scheme of destiny if He can't trust me with His Word. I, know I need to be trusted with His Word. The will of God is right before us. Somebody say it's revealed. Right before us, 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise that some men should count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, you know what I know the will of God is for me, for you, for every breathing, walking person on this face of the earth, is it's his will for us to be saved. Number one, God wants you to be saved. 
God wants us to be redeemed. Amen. God's will is for us to be truly converted, born again, children of God, and following Him. It's His will that we are saved. In Matthew 18, 14, it says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. He want, So, so it, if you want to know what the will of God is, you must be, first of all, born again. Pray for those that are lost, that they be born again. Somebody say amen. Praise God. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be truly converted child of God, born again of water and of the Spirit. Amen. What is God's plan? He's made it very clear. In Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the question that is answered. What must I do? What must I do? Amen. This is the biggest and most important decision that anyone will make in their life. And that is, I must be born again. Amen. I must have a new birth. That's the will of God. It's the will of God for you to be saved. Well, I would come to church, but I, you know, I got this to do. No, it's the will of God for you to be saved. I would live for the Lord, you know, but I, I've got this, this in my past. I've got this. I would be on fire for God. I would, you know, it's the will of God that you be saved. Somebody say, it's the will of God for me to be saved. Hallelujah. And if you are born again, you don't have to stutter. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. I'm heaven bound. I'm a born again child of God. It's not about whether I'm earning or deserving. He has made a way for me to be saved. It's not my good works that saved me. It's what he did at Calvary that saves me. I am saved and going to heaven. Hallelujah. If somebody asks you, are you going to heaven? Don't say, I hope so. To say I hope so is to say that Jesus really didn't do all he said he would do. I don't just hope I go to heaven. I know I'm heaven bound. Not because of my good works, but because of what Christ did on Calvary. And he came so that nobody had to be lost. It's not his will that any should perish. Sorry, predestination. Doctrine of predestination, once saved, always saved. It's not his will that any should perish. Salvation is the will of God. The next thing, let's look at it. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. We're going we're gonna to walk through some passages of Scripture here to find the will of God. Verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding. What the will of the Lord is. God wants you to know his will. And then he goes to the next phrase to tell us what that will is and how it looks like, what it looks like. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Hmm. So if he's going to show to us the will of God, his will, he's going to reveal it through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It is unwise 
to attempt to live our life outside of having God's influence saturating us. Saturating us. Be intoxicated. The, the Holy Spirit baptism is not just for our salvation, but it is for our everyday life to know the will of God. How do I know the will of God? By being drunk in the Spirit. Intoxicated. Inebriated by, by, by this great influence. A, a person who is drunk is under the influence of alcohol. If they drive drunk, they are operating the vehicle while under the influence. So they get a DUI or a DWI or whatever that place is. The analogy here that Paul is saying is that it's the will of God for you not to be drunk on the things of this world, but to be intoxicated by the Spirit. To be filled until the Spirit begins to impact your life. Until every fiber of your life come, comes under that intoxication, under that influence, uh, under the fermentation, if you please, of the new wine that came in the book of Acts uh, and falls upon every child of God who is baptized with the Spirit. So we find in these next few verses some things that the Spirit teaches us about the will of God. It reveals to us what the will of God is. The Spirit of God reveals it. Look at verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart to the Lord. It is God's will that you worship and sing and rejoice and not be discouraged, but rather be encouraged. It is God's will that we walk by faith, by the power of God's Spirit, and our, our, our response is, hallelujah, praise God, thank you, Jesus, so you got a bad day. Thank you, Jesus, so your world's been turned upside down, so you didn't get everything you wanted in your life. Oh, here, here's the will of God. Sing a song. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about singing the blues. I'm talking about singing a song of praise and rejoicing unto the Lord. I will tell you that if you will do this, amen, at least it works for me. And that is when I get down, I'm going to go listen to something that lifts me up. I'm going to listen to a song of praise. I'm going to listen. I got playlists on my phone, amen, that I'll start hitting because it's going to, it's going to be something that's encouraging and lifting me up. Sing unto the Lord. It's the will of God that you praise God. It is not the will of God to complain and gripe and fuss and say, woe is me. Praise God. The will of God is an attitude of gratitude. It's a sign that you're under the influence. You ever been around that? Now, I realize that they tell us that when somebody gets drunk, that they only act more of what they are. And you find somebody that's a mean old codger when he gets drunk, chances are he's a mean old codger in some degree before he gets drunk. But you ever seen those people that get drunk and my goodness, they're your best buddy and oh, it's so good to see you. And they, they just go on and on. Anybody ever been around those kind? I see some folks. When you get drunk with the Holy Ghost and you have the influence of the Holy Ghost inside of you, you're going to act in a way that people are going to say, that's not rational. That don't make sense. That does not make sense, but it's the will of God. It's the will of God that you lift your hands when everything goes, man, I... 
I can't get off of this. I just want to stay right here for a little while. Somebody singing to the Lord, shouting to the Lord, encourage one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the will of God. A thankful attitude is the will of God. It's the will of God. Verse 20. We sing unto the Lord, and then he says in verse 20, we go to the thankful attitude. He says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he starts off this passage by saying, be wise, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And now he's beginning to tell us what the will of the Lord is. It's the will of the Lord that you sing with your heart, and it's the will of the Lord that you have a thankful attitude. It's the will of the Lord that you have a thankful attitude. It's the will of the Lord that you have a thankful attitude. Turn to somebody and say, that's the will of the Lord. Give me thanks always for all things unto God and to the Father in the name of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. An attitude of gratitude. It's a sign that you're under the influence of the will of God. Verse 21. He's continued to talk about, I want you to know what the will of the Lord is. Here's what the will of the Lord. Don't be unwise about it. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Oh, pastor, I'll sing a song. I'll have a great attitude. But submitting to each other, the word here means, it comes from a Greek military term meaning to arrange in a, in a fashion under a leader. In the non-military use, it means a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating with, assuming responsibility, and carrying another's burden. We submit, we can talk about wives need to submit to their husbands, Scripture. We need that men submit to Jesus Christ, Scripture. We need to submit to our authorities, Bible, but it also says the will of God is for us to submit to one another. It's about caring one for another. It is the will of God that we have a voluntary attitude of cooperation. Praise be to God. Have a voluntary attitude of cooperation. A voluntary attitude of responsibility. My responsibility my, it is my responsibility. That's the will of God. Submission is the will of God one to another. Again, then, then, then are you, you ready for it to get personal? If it hasn't got personal yet, are you ready for it to get personal? Then let's read verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Somebody say the will of God. He's telling us. I want you to be wise about what the will of God is. And that is, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as unto the Lord. Ooh. So you don't do it because he's such a great guy. You do it as unto the Lord. Don't do it because he's a bad guy or a mean guy. You do it as unto the Lord. But the Lord doesn't leave us hanging just for the wives only to know what the will of the Lord is. It said in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he's a savior of the body. The husband is to be the head and savior. A lot of guys want to be head, but they don't want to be savior. 
You can't be one or the other. You've got to be both according to the will of God. Then jump down to verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Somebody say it's the will of God. It's the will of God. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So, husbands, the will of God is for us to be Savior and Sanctifier. <clears throat> Pastor, you just done gone off the deep end. No, no, I want you to be wise what the will of the Lord is. Savior and Sanctifier. Somebody say, it's the will of the Lord. Verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverenced her husband. Husbands, love your wife. Wife, reverence your husband. Man, that's a whole lesson in itself. I'm not going there. But I just want to just say this to you today is that these are things that fulfills needs in the other. It fulfills needs in the other. Amen. If a husband is abusive to himself, he will be abusive to his wife. If a husband does not under, understand himself, he will not love his wife. Amen. It's got to come to understanding of who, if, I, if, I, if I abuse my own mind and my own life, I'm going to eventually abuse the families. But he doesn't stop there on the will of God. It continues in the next chapter, chapter 6 and verse number 1. So he's talked about the wife. He's talked about the husband. Now he says, Children, everybody say children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's the will of God. <laughs> well, I don't get mean to them, and I, I won't be their friend, I won't be your buddy. Nowhere in Scripture you're ever going to find that, the, that one of the responsibilities of a parent is to be their child's buddy. Is, is that Okay. It's the will of God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the will of God. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, thou mayest live long on the earth. My connection to my parents did not stop honoring them after I got married and became a part of my own household. It didn't stop there. It's the will of God for me to continue, even as an adult, to honor my mother and father. And to this day, though they are dead and gone, I would not want to do anything that would dishonor them. It's the will of God. And it's also connected to my promise. The way you treat your parents matters. Whether they're adult, whether you're an adult or not, the way you treat your parents matter. Notice there is no stipulation. Honor your father and mother as long as they're saved. Honor your father and mother as long as they do what you want them to do. Honor your father and mother as long as... Pastor, you just weren't supposed to meddle tonight, were you? Honor them because it's the will of God. Amen. You know, it, it, it's easy to spot a drunk and it's easy to spot a spirit-intoxicated believer who treats their spouse and their family members according to the will of God. You want to know what the will of the Lord is? Husbands, love your wives. It's revealed. Wives, submit to your husband. It's revealed. Husbands, 
be the savior of your wife. Uh, wives, respect your husbands. And children, obey your parents. It's the will of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. It is the will of the Lord. It is the will of God that I, that, that I be a loving husband. You know, you got to work at it, don't you? It's the will of God that, that ladies be a submitted wife. It is the will of God. It is the will of God, amen, for you to not merely come to church, to assemble a church. It's the will of God for you to submit one to another. It's the will of God. All right? Somebody say the will of God revealed. Look, look at verse 4. Ephesians 6 and 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's the will of God. Provoke. Don't tease your kids until they get angry. Praise be to God. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't, don't, don't antagonize them until they get angry. Amen. But bring them up in the nurture. The word nurture means whole training. It's the Greek word that means complete education of children and relates to the cultivating of mind, of morals. Amen. It's the will of God that parents are the ones that are teach their kids about sex education. It's the will of God that parents be the one that train their children about what's moral and what is not moral. It is a par- it's a parent's responsibility. It's the will of God. This includes taking care of their body and teaching them about how to take care of their body. Whatever they have in their soul to cultivate that soul impression, to correct mistakes, to curb passions, amen, that's nurture. It is the will of God that we raise our children to love the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, can I just say, I never even, even thought I had an option about skipping church. I never had a thought. It never even entered my mind when I was a child. I think I'll stay home. First of all, I wanted to go to church because they put something in me that made me want to go to church. Second of all, I knew if I had said that, I would feel my dad's hand placed gently across my backside. Or either that or he, he had this thing where he'd grab me by my ear or he'd grab me by this muscle right here and said, come on, let's go. It's called nurture. It's called nurture. But my parents didn't have to discipline me to go to the house of God. They taught me in a way that it made me want to go to the house of God. They showed me a way of loving God that made me wanted to be a part of that. Amen. They didn't have, they didn't have church uh, 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 problems for supper every night and talk about how bad this sister is acting and how bad that brother is acting and what the pastor's doing wrong. And uh, never, never in our house, but it was about the glory of God and the power of God and the blessings of God. I wanted to go to the house of the Lord. 
Hallelujah, because they nurtured me in that. It is the will of God that your kids, I love seeing some of these children around here uh, worshiping and praising God, and you posting them on your social media as they're worshiping and praising God. You know what you're doing? You're nurturing them. You're, nur- you're giving them a taste of this is, this is what it's all about. And when you nurture them, you don't have to correct them to get them to the house of God. It's the will of God. Nurture and admonition. Admonition means the intellectual faculty, the understanding to reason, to have sense, and grasp spiritual truth. I thank God for parents that get their kids into the Word early. Get them into the Word. Recognize goodness and truth. And identifying what is evil. Amen. This is the admonition of the Lord. It is the will of God to teach your children discerning thoughts. Teach them how to be sensitive to God. Teach them how to pray. Amen. Teach them what happens if you're lazy intellectually. Amen. Raise kids that are, 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 are expanding their mind. Amen. And growing. Somebody say it's the will of God. 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 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5 continues to tell us what the will of God is. Amen. And that is servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. We would say bosses, employers, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Do you know how we behave on our job is the will of God? Pastor, I want to be in the will of God. All right, then let's take this to heart and say, I want to serve. If I'm having a company, I believe that every apostolic person ought to be in such a place that their bosses say, my God, we, we, we could not have this business if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for you. Verse 7. With goodwill doing service as unto the Lord, not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, you bosses, do the same things unto them. I believe you got, if you're a boss or you have, you have a, a position, a managerial position, that those people that you work with should, should know that you are a good person that is fair, amen, having respect rightly to everyone. Somebody say, that's the will of God. I believe that you ought to take intoxicated spirit mentality with you to work. You can't do your job as unto the Lord and be a horrible witness at the same time. You can't tell filthy jokes and crude language and kind of skirt, skirt the limit of, of, of what it means to be a Christian and be a, in the will of God at the same time. we got to be filled with the Spirit. I'm convinced if people would stay filled with the Spirit, they would and they would. Have the will of God with a song in their heart 
a thankful attitude, a submitted spirit, having a proper behavior at home, raising children right, husbands loving their wives, doing business right. This is the will of God. He started with the family and began to work his way into the workforce. Amen. Treat your, treat your workforce right. Be, be, be connected correctly in the workforce. That's the will of God. Be saved and then live correctly in relationship one to another. Let me go into one other area that the will of God is revealed. Somebody say it's revealed. The word again reveals to us the will of God. Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is a, a series of lessons all in itself. Our nature fights and resists submitting, loving. Only when we have a crazy love for the things of God, when we are consumed with a passion for loving God, love God. Somebody say, love God. That's His will. It's the will of the Lord that we love Him. We love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. People who love God will do the will of God. Amen. Let me show you. They will do the will of God. John 14 and 15. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Loving God is essential to obeying God. Yet far too many people say they love God, but they wrestle with His commandments. They say they love God, but they see His commandments as grievous and harsh. They display a de detached and disappointed form of obedience. It's just like, well, if I have to, I'll do it, but I really don't want to. Here is the dilemma today. People act and dress a certain way to prove that they love God. That's backwards. If you love God, you will act in a certain way. You will look in a certain way. You will be a certain kind of a person because you love Him. I don't care how long your sleeves may be. If you do it because you're trying to earn His love, it's out of order. That's not the will of God. But you love God and then in turn you go and say, Now I want to obey the Lord because I love Him. Because I love Him. It's the will of God that you love Him. He said love Him with all your heart. And then He said the way you obey the commandments, He said if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me. If you love me. The verse here as before us says it like this. If you fall, this is my version, if you fall head over heels in love with me, Jesus is saying, you will have the power to keep my commandments. When we keep his commandments to prove our love, that's legalism. Let me say it again. When we keep his commandments to prove our love, when we keep standards, to prove our love, that's legalism. When we are crazy in love with Him, we then have the power and will automatically, out of that heart of love, keep His commandments. That's relationship. You either have the choice 
to misapply the will of God through legalistic understanding or you can apply it by love in relationship. So we have to ask ourselves, what kind of love do I have for the Lord? Is it legalistic or is it relationship? Uh, hallelujah. Look, look at this in, in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised him up. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse. This is what the Lord said about him. A man after my own heart. Somebody say love. David loves me. He's a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill my will. If you love the Lord with all your heart, David is not without mistakes. Right? It's not without messing up. But he always was going back and he would say, give me a clean heart. Let me pursue you. Let me fall into your hands. Let me have your mercy. Oh God, I messed up. Let me fall into, into the loving arms of your mercy. What, what God is telling us through his word here is that David had a heart that loved God. And he also had actions to back it up. That's the will of God. David sees God's commandments not as personal restraints. But it's an act of love. An act of love. How many of you married folks do things for your married spouse, your spouse, just because you love them? Just because you love them. You probably wouldn't do it otherwise. I, don't raise your hand now. But because you love them, you do it anyway. Because you love them. How many of you do things for your own family? You may not be married, but you've got family members. You do things for, and you put up with stuff because you love them. You overlook things. Love covers a multitude of sins. You love, amen. Why not in the Lord's house don't we just love the Lord with all of our heart? Amen. Not out of just simply rigid legalistic obedience, but out of love. David, again, was a man after God's own heart, and he shows us repeatedly in his testimony and in his life how he loved the Lord and what, what, what the word of the Lord meant to him. He said this, and I'm just going to quote or read some of these. I didn't have the scripture for you, but he said, David said, I delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Why? Because he knew the word of God would reveal the destiny of God. He said, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. I love the Lord. I love uh, his word. Can you say praise the Lord for his word? He also said in verse uh, 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 in, in Psalm 119.47, I will delight myself in thy commandment which I love. I will delight. Now, y'all, do you know what that means to a Hebrew that means all those lists of do's and don'ts. He said, I delight myself in that because I love your word. I delight myself. It's the will of God. If you love him, you'll love his testimonies. You'll love his commandments. You'll love his statutes. You'll love his, his, his uh, uh, even though sometimes it seems harsh and unexplainable, you still will do it because you love him first. Loving God is the first commandment for a reason. If you and I have a crazy love for God, then we will surrender to his will and do his will. Somebody say amen.
Amen. I, I'm going to hit this one. I'm going to just hit it and move on because I think it's important to cover this one aspect about the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3. Talking about uncovering the will of God. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Here's what I want you to know, but just be very clear. Having sex of any kind outside of marriage is not the will of God. I don't care how cute he is. I don't care how suave he is. I don't care how beautiful that she is. Having sex outside of a marriage is not the will of God. That's not my rule. That's not your parents' rule. That's God's rule. That's his will. Verse 4 says, And that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. The strongest urge that people have in their life is self-preservation. It's the strongest urge. That's why we eat sometimes, and that's why we, we do things with the doctor, and, and because we, 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 want to, we want to last, we want to live, self-preservation. The second strongest urge is the sexual drive. God put it in there. He said the marriage is honorable. It is honorable, the bed undefiled. But I will tell you that this world has become so crazy until now. Things like sex outside of marriage is acceptable, other kinds of sexual activity is acceptable, but according to the, will, the Word of God, it is not His will. And I could talk a lot about this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to just move on. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. You know the scripture. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, test, try what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God's will is not different on three levels. It is increasing in relationship. It's increasing. The more you love Him, the more you begin to get revealed what the will of God is for your life. The will of God is revealed. To us. So, what, 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 what are we saying the will of God is? The will of God is you've got to be saved. Simple. You've got to be led by the Spirit, love fervently, and live a holy life. Paul said later on in Ephesians, uh, when he's talking about uh, the servants, he says, You need to do the will of God from the heart, not with eye service as man pleasers, but as the servants of Christ. We do the will of God from our heart. Hallelujah. Paul wrote like this in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In Hebrews, the writer writes and says that the promise of God comes on the heels of doing the will of God. When you have patiently done the will of God, the promise will show up. I said, when you patiently have done the will of God, the promise of God will show up. Mark chapter 3 and verse 35. And whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother, Jesus said, and my sister and my mother. It's about relationship. 
the same the one that does the will of God is that we're on the same as as family when we do the will of God. First John chapter 2 and verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. This mess that we're living in, this world one day will come to an end, and all the cultural chaos that is around it. Uh, but it says, But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Woo! There's a lasting effect in your life by doing the will of God. Let's do the will of God. What do you say? Let's do the will of God. Let's just follow after the Lord today. Would you stand with me, please? How many of you want to do the will of God? Not my will that, that I want God to adapt its, its nature to, but my will according uh, coming under submission to His will. Lord, what is your will in my life? If I read the Word, I will find it. Uh, I will find it's about how I relate to my brother and my sister. I will find it is how I love you. Oh, Lord, I thank you, God, for this chance. I want to do the will of God. I want to do the will of God. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.